Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than brilliant branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome to Brilliant Branding with host Phil Davis and Liz Heemstrom. Hello, branding fans everywhere. This week we're talking about something that's very, very interesting and I think very timely, and that is brand repositioning. Um, and repositioning is when you take your brand and rather than reinvent it and rebrand it necessarily, give it kind of rebranding can kind of be almost like putting a new facade or kind of repainting your house and make it kind of look nice. Repositioning is more of a fundamental shift and almost your business model. It's it's the focus of your business versus the identity of your business. And because we're tungsten and we bring clarity, this week we're going to be talking about repositioning versus rebranding. And when is it that you really need to just reposition your company? And it may or may not involve rebranding. Um, and we're going to get into uh, the, the details of that so that you'll know what to do. All of us realize, I think, um, that we're in a, in, in a world of just constant sea change. I mean, everything, the dynamics, everything's just changing, changing, changing around us. And in this state of flux that we're always in as a business, we have to take a look at what it is that we stand for as a business, our brand's reputation, and what that reputation is associated with. And the bedrock of that association often moves. We're playing with some some earthquake names this morning, and it made (laughs) me think of, we think we're on such solid footing until the earth moves. I was in an earthquake once. Twice, actually, and it's very scary when you think these things that you're standing on will never go away, and then they move. So what is repositioning and brand repositioning? It's basically uh, taking stock, stopping, turning, and facing your company in a new direction and addressing a new value set, something different than you've been doing before. Um, when I looked up repositioning years ago and I was trying to kind of own this from an SEO standpoint, Liz, and I thought, who's got the number one slot for repositioning? Well, you know what it was at the time? Who? It was it was these cruise ships. Mm-hmm. They owned all the top phrases for repositioning. because, And it's very interesting because you're out of position. So the boat ends up over here. And they're, they need to make a beeline and really be over here. They got to just bring the boat from here and bring it over there. And if you got on one of those cruises, you got to sail for really cheap because it wasn't about the cruise experience. It was about we've got to get back to the right place. Mm-hmm. We got to book this ship and get it from here to here. We got to reposition. So maybe it's in the Mediterranean, but it needs to go back to the Caribbean. Okay, right. So it's called repositioning. I just mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. Yeah. Because I thought it was a great metaphor for your boat's in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sometimes there, there's a, a whole work and a line of thought, a book on blue ocean strategy. It's like maybe you're, you're in a small little pond or a lake and you're fishing away and the, 
the, the best you're ever going to do in that, in that little lake, that little pond, is a bluegill or maybe a bass. Mm-hmm. But if you fish and you go over and reposition, reposition, you get your butt up off the, the dock and you walk across the hill, you turn, you face another direction, and on the other side of the sand dune is the ocean. And now you're catching, what, marlin? Absolutely, yeah. Maybe with a, with a big enough you know, bait, you could catch like a night crawler, you could catch a blue whale, you know? Probably. Something. Something big, something last, bigger. Something that'll last a week or two, <laughs> more than a minnow. Yeah. Okay, so what is repositioning? It's stopping, turning, it's facing a new direction, it's setting a new course in your business. Yeah. And we're going to talk, and I think today is very timely that we're talking about this because I thought it was last week, but today they announced again the closing of Toys R Us. And here's a company that did not reposition itself. Right. And, it, and, and we'll get into kind mm-hmm. of the reasons why. So question number one, how do you know when it's time to reposition? And that is really crucial because we, we're going to show you case studies where people recognize, they read the tea leaves, they saw it coming and they repositioned. The earlier that you recognize a trend, the earlier that you can respond and reposition your brand, the greater likelihood of success that you'll make the transition in your industry, um, either through just purely through repositioning and also in your messaging, in your branding. So it will tie sometimes into rebranding your business. Not always. So we're not here to just sell your rebranding job. We'll mm-hmm. give you examples of where people did it using their current identity and shifted it. But the earlier you can identify, it's like your health, early detection. Yeah. And we see people that hold on and, and they live in denial until the last minute. And then sometimes their companies don't make it through. So how do you know when it's time to reposition? If your present brand position, and what do we mean by that? We're throwing around these phrases, brand positioning. It's basically your reputation. If your current company reputation is too limited, you find that it's just become too limited or it's too confusing, or if it's associated with an industry or a product that's in a state of decline, then it's time to reposition your product. Imagine if you could go back um, a few years to the day of Yellow Pages. I mean, there was just no sense of urgency whatsoever. It was just a locked thing. I mean, every year they came out. Yeah. I mean, it was, you talk about a, a turnkey business, you print them up, you throw them on a step. You start setting up next year's book. That's that whole kind of the earth had never moved. Right. So what's wrong with that? You, they made buku bucks, the guys in uh, the Yellow Page business. It was proven business model. You know, it had, had great notoriety. Everything's working, so why fix it? But if they would have looked down and saw at the very beginning of the Internet, I'm sure somebody walked in and said, what if somebody starts taking these listings and puts it? Whoa. Who, who goes on the internet? It's never going to happen. Not in a million years. More like 10 years. Yeah. So if, if it's in a state of decline, if it's confusing. In short, you need to reposition your brand if there's some sort of customer disconnect or a dead end. So you're disconnecting or this is not going well. Think of the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Okay. They probably should have repositioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So what are some examples besides the Titanic of people that need to reposition? And it's, and, and I was talking with, when we were talking earlier today, sometimes it's difficult 
um, to give examples of companies that need to reposition when they're still viable, they're still out there, things are working. But I want you to think in terms of just the general idea of what the name and what their positioning communicates, not are they still in business or not. Think in terms of this because Radio Shack, we're going to talk about still in business. That doesn't mean that was the best naming strategy. So if there's a, a disconnect or a dead end, you need to reposition. Here's some examples. I've been seeing ads over the past several years for something called shnu.edu. Maybe some of you know this. Maybe some of you don't. S-N-U-S-H-N-U.edu. And it stands for Southern New Hampshire, because New Hampshire is so huge. Mm -hmm. This is only Southern New Hampshire. University. And for some reason, somebody very visionary there, I applaud them for doing this, decided that they could expand. They could reposition as a national online school. But they kept their old moniker of Southern New Hampshire University.edu. And really, instead of languaging it, they just went to the tried and true thing that we always talk about on our show. They just acronymed it. And now it's shnu.edu. And that's just really hard to create mm-hmm. um, any kind of brand identity around that. And then when you explain what it stands for, it further goes, wow, it sounds smallish, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, would, I mean, would you proudly say I, I graduated from Southern New Hampshire University? I think that would be one of those, like, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Southern New Hampshire University. Yeah, I knew. I mean, like, so I went to school and. Yeah. Oh, know. I got a degree. Is what I got a degree. Yeah, that's that's what I. That's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somewhere. You never heard of it. Yeah. It's a it's, small, it's, super right. small school. It was, yeah. It's, a, it's an elite, small, elite <laughs> school. East. It was on the East Coast, you know. Yeah. And we'll get into, like, sometimes that's maybe it's time to rebrand or come up with another brand. And we'll talk about solutions to it. And sometimes it involves rebadging the company and sometimes not. So that's one that's, we're giving examples. One is geography is an issue. Uh, we have a client, we've mentioned it on the show before, it was St. Pete Plumbing. Just tons of problems because they were right on the borderline with all these other cities and they got ruled out instantly. People thought, can't use those guys. Um, and that is such a common one. People just, you know, well, I'll just start by naming my company and and then they have to reposition. They get into different products that exceed that geographic boundary. And they say, well, now that I'm offering this service or that service, you know, let's just say, for example, that he's wanted to do this new geothermal stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that, you know, people pay tens of thousands for that geothermal. So all of a sudden you're stuck with St. Pete and maybe you could sell, you know, halfway across the state. Yeah. And so that's a time to reposition. Um, so one is geography causes people to need to kind of reposition. Um, other times they need to reposition because they're just too associated with with products. Radio Shack, we, we uh, bust on them al- enough. Um, but back in the day, there was general telephone and electric. Um, you certainly don't want to be associated with telephones anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Electricity, it's still around, but right. still it sounds antiquated. Also, identities that are identified with outmoded products. So it's easy to see these Radio Shack and General Telephone and or something constrictive like Southern New Hampshire. But there are products I think that could have repositioned and they would have not had to rebrand if they would have just done different actions. If they would have pivoted and realized what their value proposition was 
and and pivoted earlier. A great example of that, I think, is BlackBerry. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when they, Liz, when they were dominant? Oh no, I remember going into college and one of my friends had a BlackBerry Pearl, yeah. actually, and none of us had smartphones or anything at this time, and it was like the coolest. She was. She was cool. She had a. I remember she had a white Jeep yeah. and a white BlackBerry Pearl. She loved that phone, and we all were. You know, oh sort of God. like eyeing it a little yeah. bit. I mean, and it was like she had the adult phone. Yes, you know? exactly. And that was the one I remember. Barack Obama came into office, two thousand eight, and he was the cool dude with a BlackBerry. Mm-hmm. And I remember them saying, "Well, for security purposes, he might have to give up his BlackBerry." Yeah. So the, the whole kind of association around BlackBerry that they had going was hip, cool, relevant, savvy, mm-hmm. professional. Yeah, business. very professional. Absolutely. Yeah, you were the you know the creme de la creme. Mm-hmm. You had a BlackBerry phone, and the idea of even when iPhone first came out, it made a big splash. But it was like serious business people aren't going to do this. Right. So that's brand equity. Yeah. That is wow. You've got something, but what is it associated with? Well, right then they had a diminishing asset. They had cool technology owning they own the most of the market share by far right like probably just about all of the business was through blackberry and what what did they do with that well they just continued to invest and say well we're blackberry and it's this phone it's not a platform it's not a technology it's not a way of doing business it's just this phone mm-hmm. and they just fought to, almost to the death um, yep. To hold on to it being the, and then by the time they they jumped onto the bandwagon, it was just too little, too late. Yeah. Now, if you think of BlackBerry, n- those associations don't come up at all anymore. They s- kind of squandered that cool, cutting edge, yeah, thing they had. Yes, and it was because they needed to reposition early. Right. Okay, BlackBerry's. You know, this is just iteration one. You know, we were cool with the phone, and now we're cool with this, and now we're cool. Innovate, innovate, innovate. Yeah. Get ahead of the curve. Right. So BlackBerry is one that kind of yikes. Um, here's another one, and it was just cool as cool could be at one time. Was Polaroid? Yeah. Polaroid cameras. Yeah. They're kind of coming back. In They're kind of in a retro not, way. Yeah, in a retro way, but not something that's like. I think someone actually bought that out, that name out, and is trying to revive it. But with Polaroid, you know, they could have owned this idea of instant. Right. Right. So maybe there was a technology that would have allowed people to do things quicker, faster in the moment. But Mm -hmm. instead, they kept associating it with this one type of technology. And that's the danger you get into. You might be in a business that's doing extremely well right now because it's just the thing. It's it's what's working right now. Right. Uh, But if you tie your brand to that one thing, I want you to take a good hard look down, you know, down the pike and right. see just how long is the viability of that. You might not know. There might We don't know. Here's one that right now seems like it'll last forever, just like everything else, the cloud. Right. If you're associated with a cloud, it'll never go out. <laughs> right? The cloud is here to stay. Everything's always here to stay. Typewriters were here to stay. Right. Desktop computers. Yeah. Was there any thought that you ever had, Liz, like, you know, maybe 10 years ago that those would start to dis- – I remember when they – I think it was 2010, I read that uh, 50% of mobile of searches were going to be done 
on a mobile device within the next two years. This is like 2010, so it's eight years ago. Mm -hmm. So by 2012, I think, 50% of access to the internet would be on a mobile phone. I thought, it's ridiculous. I mean, you're not going to give up that much real estate. You're not going to stare at a small screen. Who right. in the world's going to do that? Yeah. You're going to read articles. You're going to view video. Really? Mm-hmm. And now there's people that don't even have cable, and they watch movies at night. On their... That's that's me. That's That's, that's me. That's your generation. <laughs> Talking about me, yeah. You ruined an entire generation. So we everybody did. associated with desktops, their money, just think of the billions of dollars worldwide mm-hmm. that was associated with, well, that's not going to go away. People yeah. aren't going to jump to a tiny little screen. Yeah. You know, and the paradox of that is at the same time they're jumping to tiny little screens, they're selling these 70-some-inch monsters at Best Buy. Yeah. So the market shifts. There we go with the earthquakes again and and being on solid ground. Um, So sometimes things are identified with outmoded products. And, again, it's not always the name. Sometimes I think BlackBerry's a super great name. BlackBerry's kind of a fruit just like Apple. Right. So imagine BlackBerry just was super hot, super awesome, came up with a bunch more products. They'd be like, man, these two fruity names are doing really well. Apple and BlackBerry. They're yeah. two of the coolest companies around, and they had that. They had it right in their hands. They did. And I think the last one, and we'll go to break, is identities that are based on outdated or incredulous claims. If Walmart had stuck with their claim that they had for one time, which was, believe it or not, made in the USA. I mean – to stay cheap, they ended up going to China. But Sam Walton, back in his day, probably rolled in his grave. Um, you know, so they had to reposition. They couldn't stay with the position of American-made goods. Mm-hmm. They couldn't stay with that message. Yeah. So the position pivoted and changed to um, always the low price. Yeah. Much more congruent with what they really are than made in America. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that's made in America at Walmart anymore might be, you know, the employees. All right, we're going to go to break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about how to reposition your company to improve your bottom line. You've been listening to Brilliant Branding, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story, and getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. 
Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we're back today on Brilliant Branding talking about how to reposition your company to boost your bottom line. And I would go a step further, Liz, and say it's not just to re, to reboot and, and to boost your bottom line, but to stay viable. Yeah. Because some companies, if they don't reposition, if they don't turn, uh, just you know, run into a wall and just crash and burn. Yeah, We're talking absolutely. about Polaroid. You just looked it up. Yeah. We're discussing whether they actually went out, but they actually went under and had to mm-hmm. sell its brand assets. Yep. Um, it's back doing kind of a retro thing, right? Right. Yeah, trying I mean, to kind of... Yeah. Ride the retro trend. Train, kind of turntable kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. But usually that's kind of a limited rebirth. You yeah. Know? It looks like they're, you know, they have TVs and... And adding things. Yeah. But, well, that would be an example then if they're successful. Right. It's possible they could um, maybe become known for something other than just cameras. So how to reposition. The number one thing and what we love to discuss here is, first of all, you know, know thyself. And we call it getting to know your pivot point. It's hard to reposition if you think you're your products and services, especially when they're going out. So imagine the panic, all the folks at the Yellow Pages or the panic that went on at Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, you know? I can only or imagine that. panic at the disco. <laughs> There's all kinds of panic going on. Um, if you are really believe that you're about the bricks and mortar or you have people in your business office that go, we can't do that because we have to pay the real estate. You know, our business model is predicated on the Toys R Us stores that we've got to pay the mortgage mm-hmm. for these buildings. We have to. Well, you can have to all you want, but the reality of it is if you're out of business, you can't pay it either. Right. Exactly. I, I, I love that argument. It's like, well, we can't because we've set our business up like this. Well, if it's going under, yeah, you know, sell the, it's painful, but sell yeah. the buildings. Right. I mean, imagine a blockbuster. I'm sure they have some pretty good real estate. Yeah. And who knows? You know, if you're an insider with them, maybe you'd say, well, we didn't know in the real estate and those were leases. I mean, maybe it was just, that, you know, they just couldn't do much about it. But if they had sold the real estate, reinvested it, become more of a streaming business, Blockbuster would be Netflix. Well, I think, yeah, and I think they tried. I do remember when but Blockbuster late. went, oh, yeah, when they were going under, they tried to be a little bit of Redbox. I know, but it was almost like, okay. And we're, red, and we're Redbox, too. Yeah, sure, we'll be Redbox. Yeah, exactly. And I think It was almost an admission. It was almost like, I know we told you that it took, you know, <laughs> 2,800 square feet. I know we told you that. And you had to stand in line behind all those other people. But we'll admit it. 
we can put it all in one box. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We will. We can uh, be Redbox. Yeah, okay. You know. you know, it was so much more fun to sell you candy. <laughs> so how to reposition. Find your pivot point. What is the real, true value that you're delivering to your customers? Was Blockbuster really about, you know, v videos? You know, and then they, they had the epiphany. No, we're not about videos. We're about DVDs. What were we thinking? No, we're, about, we're not about DVDs. We're about Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Everyone Yes, and that kind of worked because then they kept reselling you the same movies over and over. <laughs> so they just melted. And, and the, the, the danger with your brand identity is when you become aligned with these things, you won't reposition because you'll be stuck thinking that your brand is the product that you're involved with. So I let's just imagine this. Let's just do a thought experiment. Let's say Blockbuster. Think about the word block. Let's say you aligned it truly with the brand itself. A blockbuster hit, a blockbuster movie, a blockbuster. It's something that's super popular. Imagine if you walked in there and they first hit this. Instead of, let's say they didn't chase it and, and, and went into it. It was too late to go after the whole streaming video thing. What if you went in there and just about every, we live in a small town. It's boring on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you went in and on every shelf, blockbuster, instead of devoting all that square footage to movies that weren't selling, that were quickly becoming outdated, you had a section of blockbuster things. So yeah, there's still a few videos, but they were just the hottest selling videos. And there's a few. And the next wall was, you know, the top 10 gadgets mm -hmm. on the market. I mean, you know, whether they're phone chargers or there's the hottest selling gadgets in the market. And next to that was the hottest selling books. And next to that, was the hottest selling this. And all the theme became blockbuster. And so you went in there and there's a diversity, but the common thread of the pivot point would be everything in there is really trendy, super hot stuff. Yeah. In different categories. Yeah. That's just, and this is just a thought experiment. Mm -hmm. So they could have maybe pivoted, kept their real estate, and you'd go in there and you'd go, I'd love to go there because it's just not this singular thing that's going out. Right. It's walls and walls of really good. So maybe there's a wall of just the hottest video games. Right. I still think they'd have to basically take that online. They could take it online, but imagine if it was all in one place, all the family members could relate to it to different, in different ways. And you could just reimagine it. There's, there's, I'm just thinking outside mm -hmm. the proverbial block, you know, blockbuster mm -hmm. box. Mm -hmm. Maybe there could have been, that's the kind of, I think, thinking that should be going on at companies and saying, what if we, are blockbuster. What what are things maybe you can't get online that could be hits that people would like to do? The thing of the week or whatever. Maybe it ties in locally with stuff. Mm -hmm. But I obviously they they struggled and they went under. So they should have aligned with their values, blockbuster, or been ahead of the curve and, and gone with it and repositioned. Books a million, a same thing. Not not a great job of repositioning. Um, they try to reposition by calling themselves BAM. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a case, there's a case, Liz, <laughs> where they did rebrand, mm -hmm. but they rebranded in name and not in action. Yeah. So now they're all about excitement, exclamation point, yeah. BAM, books a million, very clever. Yeah. But do you have a BAM experience when you go there? It was still books a million. Right. But it's BAM. Mm -hmm. It's okay, so where's the BAM? Where's the alignment? Where's the clarity? Books. Books, same books. Bam. It's not a cooking show. Uh, uh, sometimes if, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. 
but you know, talk about books a million. There are millions right. of dollars of value just flying out the door. Yeah. So behind every company is a set of products and services and parallel to that, a set of benefits and a way of doing business. If you know your pivot point, that proprietary blend of attributes, we call it your brand recipe, right? Is your pivot point. And you can use that to turn, just like in basketball, you're gonna pivot on a foot and face a more lucrative market that still needs those services. You know, people were still looking for entertainment on Friday right. nights. And this town, trust me, we are still looking for entertainment. <laughs> um, and there was a little bit of void. I remember even with Blockbuster, it was a little bit of a loss. You can stream online, but it was, I would meet people there. And you mm -hmm. could pick up your candy. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to stream a movie. I still got to get my candy. I guess I could go to Amazon and order my goobers. Yeah, I you mean, know, you could go to the grocery store and get you candy. Could go, you, but now you're still back to a trip out. Right. You know, I think there was a play there for something. I just think they just put their head down yeah. and blindly went ahead going. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, what we talked about, maybe it was last week, the theaters, how yes. they yes. can totally be tanking right now uh -huh. because who's going to, you know, spend people always complaining about how the price of movies is going up and up and up. And, you know, I just watched it on Netflix at home. I'll just wait till it goes to Netflix. But now they're creating this experience of going and sitting in these comfortable these deluxe chairs. seats. It's Jeez. like, I'm going into space I don't have that something. at home. Yeah. And like the sound is incredible. So it's like a legit. RPX. Yeah. It's a legit experience. 3D glasses. Right. Some of them upgraded food. They're selling beer at ours now that they, yep. they didn't have. Yeah. They have like good ago. food there Some now. Some health food starting to come yeah. in. So right. it's combining kind of a dining theater experience. And they've they got half the chairs they used to. Yeah, exactly. You know, but You're not squished but with all people, these strangers. Yeah. But here's the case where someone said, what does it matter that we're giving up half the chairs when we're half empty now? Because yes. people are there. So just double the size of the chair. Yep. You could probably do this with the airline industry. Take like, oh my gosh, yeah. take the chairs out, charge double and get let people actually, you know, get there without cramped legs and arms and, you know. I show up on a plane. I'm six foot two. I'm in a fetal position by the time I get across the country. Uh -huh. You know, there's, <laughs> I yeah. know what my knees taste like. So <laughs> reposition, somebody I think is it's right for someone just to own the luxury airline space. You know, I think I feel like Singapore. Well, they or do. I just, saw, I just don't happen to go there a lot. Right. I saw one. It was like twenty two thousand dollars for this airline well, seat, okay, which is a little might be a little, <laughs> a little over the top. <laughs> yeah. So behind every much. company, are we good on time? Yeah. Okay. So behind every company is a set of products and services and a set of attributes. So you want to align those attributes that allows you to do it. I'm going to give you some examples. And this is where you're going to have those classic tungsten aha light bulb moments, right? There was a boat company. I was talking to a group of people in Miami and there was a company that made these little levers. I don't, I'm not a boat person. But it's hydraulic and it's these lifts in the back that, mm -hmm. that do something in the back of the boat. You know, so you move these things and it's these hydraulic lifts that move flaps in the back of the boat. That's all I know. And the boat industry, from my understanding, was doing so bad. This is around 2009, somewhere in there. It was doing so bad that there's like almost a year where they didn't make boats. It's like mm -hmm. skipping a model year in the car business. Right. Like there's no 2009s. <laughs> they just didn't make. There were boats that were shrink-wrapped mm -hmm. that were just still sitting there from the year before. Yeah. Well, it makes sense, you know. So why build the more? crash and then who, who's going to buy a boat? A boat. I mean, yeah. if you're not buying cars, you're probably not buying boats. Yeah. So this guy made a hydraulic part in there. If he had really believed that he was a boat guy, 
And this is a question to ask yourself. If you've someone has said, well, what are you? And you say, well, I'm an, an insurance salesperson or I'm, I'm in the boat business. Yeah. This guy had said, I'm in a boat business. He would have just gone out of business. Yep. I'm in the boat business. I make parts for boats. But he didn't. He understood that he was an incredible industrial engineering design type of person and that his staff just had unparalleled skills in design, you know, the whole CAD thing and all that kind of stuff. So he began to kind of shop around and thought, well, where else can I use this hydraulic lift technology? And you know what the other industry he found that used basically the same thing? Cars? Dental chairs. Oh, yeah. How crazy is that? I remember you telling me this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he that is a classic pivot. He looked at it, and to an engineer, they probably sat there and went, I don't see a lot of difference other than scale. Right. This one's a little bigger, but we can make it bigger. And let me hear, let me get out. They probably just were right on it. And I don't know if they went to trade shows or how they actually first entered the market, but they introduced this. And the story that he shared with me was they were starting to transition that very difficult time. Mm-hmm by not being a boat company anymore, but being a technology, or not technology, an industrial design engineering firm. Mm -hmm. And then they pivoted around their ability to create quality hydraulic goods. Yeah. Hydraulics will probably be along, around for quite a while. Yes. You know, boat sales go up and down, but somebody needs hydraulics. Mm -hmm. It's just, just the way it, unless you wanna just use your back, you know? <laughs> we're not gonna go back to lift with your legs. Team lift. I don't think we're going to be doing team lifts. All right. So they pivoted and used their keen engineering skills to make dental chairs. Great example. BlackBerry, and we looked at their site now to see what they're doing, is attempting to do it. So, again, it's just how soon are you yeah. getting into it yeah. to see if you survive? The later you wait, like your health, to deal with something, the harder it is to turn it around. But it, it can happen. But if you go to their site now, it's all about s secured communication networks. Yeah. Security and so they said, well, it seems like we lost the race on selling phones. Yeah, but maybe there's still a play here for securing. They have that kind of professional trust. Yeah, very business, business oriented. Yeah. So let's keep that. So secured communications as a space versus you know, no, we're going to still try to sell you a cell phone and outdo Apple now mm -hmm. at it. That 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 cow has left the barn, as my grandmother yeah. used to say. <laughs> so IBM is going after AI. Um, with uh, their supercomputers, and they're also going after the cloud. So that's a really different space than, let's go back two generations on this. IBM was associated before this with personal computers. Right, that was a pivot for them from personal computers to the cloud and artificial intelligence. That's what they see really as their future. That was a pivot away from personal, personal computers was a pivot away from international business machines. Yeah. So they started off with these clunky business machines, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. mechanical in operation. Right. Became known for, wow, space age technology. They're making personal computers. Mm -hmm. And that became antiquated. Yeah. So again and again, you see these examples of where products rise and fall. But IBM, even though it's an acronym, I'm not a big fan, has transcended that. They're famous now. They're, I don't think you process that as an acronym. Mm -hmm. Big blue. Right. And now they're going after the cloud. It has taken a hit on their stock because, you know, they're making big money selling these a lot of this equipment. Yeah. Um, but they could reinvent themselves if they really run to own that space. Xerox is now going after documentation versus copiers. They still mm -hmm. sell them. Mm -hmm. But that's, I thought, a cool 
distinction. Yeah. There's a there's a pivot there. Not as much as boats to dental chairs, but Right. But we'll handle all your documentation, outsource it to us. We'll, you know, photocopy it, we'll scan it, we'll or whatever. Right. And don't worry about it having a copier. We'll just process it electronically. Mm-hmm. It's, it's paperless. We're yep. at, and I think they even say we're a documentation company or the document company. Okay. It's different than the copier company. Oh, and yeah. You've got toner on your hands and yeah, definitely. ink cartridges and you've dropped one. Have you ever dropped one of those and it explodes? So Xerox is definitely uh, doing that. They also formed another company called Conduent or Conduent and they're doing business process outsourcing, BPO, for those of you, of you who know this. So it's another kind of related thing, but look how they transition from Xerox is a physical copier mm-hmm. to business processes. And I think they do the filing now for like Medicaid or Medicare in some states. So here's Xerox electronically filing for people in the mm-hmm. medical community. Yeah. That is a reposition from copiers and had they not done that and they were just selling copiers they'd probably be out of business if that was the only thing they did yep all right so we've been talking about repositioning your company Uh, and for the final segment we're going to ask does repositioning so okay you go you know you're right this thing i'm doing it's limited i can't get out i'm identified with my city or my state and i need to get out of this or i'm identifying with an industry and it's too confining i'm identified with this do you need to change or rebrand your company to reflect that change in your brand position? And sometimes there's a yes to this and sometimes there's a no. Sometimes it's just through actions that you can pull this off and through your messaging. And sometimes you got to bite the bullet and just really own the new position and you can only do it with a, a brand makeover. Mm-hmm. And this is where we interface with clients on a number of cases. So as we come back from the break, we'll get into that. Does repositioning, now that you're convinced that there is a blue ocean and not a small, dirty, muddy pond (laughs) um, that you want to fish in, does repositioning require a name change? We'll be right back. You've been listening to Brilliant Branding on Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Brilliant Branding. We're talking about brand repositioning, turning your boat around, Facing another direction and heading towards more profitable seas. Uh, a, a book was came out several years ago, Blue Ocean Strategy, and it was basically about don't you, wouldn't you rather have bigger fish to fry than mm-hmm. the minnows that you've been dealing with? Yeah. But to do that, sometimes you've got to recognize the pond you're in first, and make that hard decision of how do I get over to 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 bigger opportunities. It requires repositioning and repositioning your brand. Your brand is associated with certain things. Now, the final question of the hour is, if you want to reposition, does that mean you have to rebrand? There's a yes and a no to that, Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna give some examples where it's kind of no where they didn't, and it worked. Uh Um, Kind of a fudge one, where they kind of half rebranded, and then ones where, yeah, you're just gonna have to, you're gonna have to do it. Um, so let's start with one. I, I think we mentioned this on a show before, the, and we mentioned it earlier in the hour. Guys just stuck with the name St. Pete, but all his vans were St. Pete, 20 vans or whatever he had. Um, and he just he just didn't want to rebrand. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did in that case is I said, well, let's. what is your pivot point? And the more he talked about it, he said, you know, I've come in on jobs where three plumbers have been there. And none of them could figure it out, and I fixed it. People are always telling us that they couldn't believe we pulled it off. Mm-hmm. They said it couldn't be done, or I'd have, or the solution would have to been tremendously expensive, and we found a resourceful way to get it done. So I said, so you just you're a problem solver, and so the idea hit. I mean, where do these ideas come from, Liz? I do not know. Just pure genius. Absolutely. Just falls out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, what if St. Pete was the angel? you know, St. Pete, um, waiting there at the pearly gates and your tagline to reposition you isn't the city, take the emphasis off the city and put it on the character of St. Pete, the angel, put that on your vans, spray paint an angel with a plumber's wrench in the hand. And the tagline is we at St. Pete Plummy, we work miracles. So the position is we, we can do what others can't, you know? So now you have a, a problem plumbing, a problem plumbing, a plumbing problem, <laughs> a problem situation, and you think, who are those guys that fix things? The the miracle plumbers. Oh, St. Pete. Now somebody in an outline area might think of you and process you as the the angel versus the city. Right. Now, is that ideal? You know, we're still overcoming things. It was a workaround. Yeah. 
And that's what it is. It's a workaround. A workaround works just like workarounds do. Yeah. They work around a problem. They're not straight. They don't just deal with a clean slate. Probably would have been easier. Yeah. And we could have branded them and it would have never been a problem again. Another one we got into, and a lot of municipalities and cities and all these are just, they can't change their name. Mm -hmm. And a local one here, Transylvania County Arts Council, just could not. Um, that was just their, it was in their charter or whatever. They had to be called that. But boy, did they have problems. Everybody thought they were county funded. They weren't. They're nonprofit. People thought they're, you know, I don't need to give you money. The government gives you money. Transylvania, our county, sounds already like it's full of vampires. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have all kinds of branding issues. Yeah. Um, in this county. So when they came to us, we did a little pro bono work for them. They said, you can't touch our name, but we need to reposition this because uh -huh. it's just understood. They had tried to do it on their own and abbreviated the name, which everyone does, down to acronym, and it became T Carts, Transylvania County Arts. Tea carts. Then the next problem was people thought they sold tea, tea. carts. Yeah, exactly. Oh, out of the frying pan and into the fire. Yeah. You want bigger fish. You don't want fish that are falling into the fire. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. All right. <laughs> tea carts. So fish, fish, and fish. You want big fish, not fish in the fire. So she said, That's not working. Now people are thinking that we have. Artists that paint tea carts. Seriously, yeah. you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. So I said, well, who do you serve? What is your pivot point? She said, well, we serve everybody in the community. We have high, we have uh, preschool programs for little kids. Yeah. We serve the senior community. We serve everybody. Mm -hmm. and it was kind of cradle to grave kind of thing. Yeah. And we and we give people all kinds of art experiences. So we came up with this um, three word thing. We invented the three word logo, by the way, not Nike. Not just do it. That was us. We came up with, we came up with, not just do it. We didn't come up with that. But we came up with art for life, mm -hmm. and a double meaning, um, art to give you life, yeah, and right. art, you know, for your entire life, yeah. art for life. So what they did to reposition their company, almost what Nike does sometimes, where all you need is the swoosh or all you need is the tagline, is they started leaning so heavy on that that their kind of moniker kind of became art for life. Yeah, and then. Transylvania County Arts is kind of down. Yeah. And now when you go to the movie theater now and wherever you go and you see their ads, you see Art for Life and it comes out of a nice big red bubble. Yeah. And it's just that. And, and so their, their message is their mantra. It's their identifier. Is that ideal? Well, not completely because if you were to look them up, you yeah. know, and say, I'm going to go look up Art for Life, unless you got the matching.com, it's going to be, you know, you're just going to hope that somebody knows that that's Transylvania County Arts. Yeah, you uh, just have to Google it, I guess. It, I think Google's helped a lot of things because oh, it yeah. anticipates what you really meant. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah. But again, it's not that perfect, synergistic, everything is the same. I think if they had bought artforlife.org or something and mm -hmm. then you know done everything, you, and we'll get to that in implementation, you've got to make everything align. Another one was Dale Jarrett, which was an, uh, a racer who no longer, I don't believe, is involved in race racing anymore, but he was a legacy name. And we helped them transition to full throttle living because that was a diminishing asset. Again, it's somebody had a career, was famous, and now they're not doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. There's new names. Yeah. People begin to not know the older names. Yeah. So full throttle living, same thing as kind of art for life. And that became a mantra and a way of expressing it. And probably the hybrid example that I would give is we had a client, Blueprints, 
um, who did, this is really, these jobs get so weird. So they did blueprint software, blueprint software, and they were called blueprints, mm -hmm. but like a prince, right. like the son of a king. Yeah. So people would go, Are, did you say blueprints? No, but yet it kind of is blueprints. Yes, but no. Yes, but, but no. But it's blueprints. Well, what do you think? Well, what do you? Think? <laughs> we were involved in blueprints, but not in the way you think. But we are, and it was it was problematic. And that, but to compound their branding problem, they were coming out with instead of a twenty or thirty thousand dollar IT platform for handling all this zoning, they're going to come out with a much ten times more expensive version of it. And they were not only a little bit confusing in their presentation, no one who knew if it was prints or mm -hmm. prints. Right. Really hard to yeah. enunciate the difference there and then spend 20 minutes explaining it. But now they wanted to sell to people who did not associate them. Remember, your brand is your reputation, and their reputation was serving small communities. Yeah. So how do you sell something with the same name that's a little confusing to a much bigger municipalities at a much higher price point? Never fear, Tungsten is here. <laughs> um, can we change the name? Can we work with it? No, it's, you know, we're going to stick with the name. So what we did is we created kind of a sub-brand, and we called it Blueprints Monarch Edition. So there's a sense of elevation. Yeah. And the word monarch then made them, the brain go, oh, Blueprints. Yep. It's a Blueprints monarch edition right it sounded upscale it repositioned them now to say this is something more expensive this is something more deluxe new and improved yep serves and it's an addition mm -hmm. so in the languaging messaging and product in the languaging and the messaging and the product all of it said this is new new direction yeah uh, and they were able to to do that so repositioning requires a change in messaging that might include the name if if the message is wrong in the name, yeah. you've got to change the name. It might. But it definitely includes a, a change in action. You've got to be what you say you are. You can't just say this is what we are, change the name, and then not be that. Yeah. There's there's no fix. And we just I think we just gave an example of that where it was just in, in name but, but not in action. Mm -hmm. It's all about going after your best possible market and then doing so with alignment and consistency or congruency. Quality ends, let's go down some of these. Quality end needs to either change its name. Hello out there, quality end. I stayed in you. <laughs> you are not a quality experience, okay? One of the worst night sleeps I've had and I travel quite a bit. Quality end needs to either change its name or upgrade their facilities to be what they are in name. Yeah. Right? Or it's just going to be processed as just kind of a placeholder. Right. Quality in. I mean, I could never say to my wife, for our anniversary, I'm taking you to Quality in. <laughs> I mean, it's, you're laughing, but it shouldn't be a laugh. I mean, why? Why? That's a disconnect. So these are super obvious examples where you can't just brand it to be it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. You can't just say it. You can't say speedy printing and then right. deliver in a week. Right. You know? Radio Shack needs to either change its name or start selling the best darn space age radios. Yeah. Or retro radios. Yeah. You know? Yep. And Southern New Hampshire, I think, should rebrand. Free advice here. Uh, you can send me, I don't know, free tuition for my kids. <laughs> it's Soho. 
or something mm -hmm. that's just less about the geography and more about a branded name that sounds applicable to a nationwide institution. I think that the goal is to own one key message and it's your best message. Own one message, your best message in your most profitable market and then align your identity around that message. That's when you make the judgment call. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is what, this is the ocean, the big blue ocean we wanna go after. Does this direction and does this boat, the boat being your identity, does that take us there? Is it seaworthy? Right. You know, yeah. is this brand seaworthy for our bigger ocean? If not, get a bigger boat, as they said in Jaws. Yeah. We, we need a bigger boat. So, you know, if we see the litany, the graveyard of brands that did not reposition, and we witnessed yet another one this week as we bow and the, you know, the toll sounds, dong, <laughs> Blockbuster, Toys R Us, Polaroid, yeah. all these different ones that became associated too much and did not reposition their brands either, either in name or action or both. Yeah. So I think what, if you take away something today, it's about alignment and the name may or may not need to be part of that alignment. The takeaways, are you associated with a product or a way of doing business? Is that product growing and long lasting, that product or service? And do you even want to be branded as a product or service company associated with, with one kind of singular product line? As profitable as it might be right now. Yeah. Um, and that's what blinds people. They're they're doing so well that they think block, you know, BlackBerry was just killing it. Um, what other businesses are you in? This will really point to your pivot point. Maybe you're also in logistics. You think, well, you know, I'm and then XYZ service, but we use tons of trucks to do it. And we, we know everything about trucking and how to get people there on time. Are you in communications? Do you know so much about your industry that really you could, you're, you could go into a, the consulting version of your business? Yeah. Are there other channels that you could pivot to that would be more congruent and more viable than your current business model? This might not only make you a better bottom line, it might keep you in business and continuing in your business. It's about creating timelessness both in your brand identity and in your business model. And that's what's going to make you last over the long haul. Well, I hope today's show has been super, super helpful. We've really enjoyed speaking with you. Uh, you can always reach us at tungstenbranding.com, facebook.com forward slash tungstenbranding, or shoot us your questions at info at tungstenbranding.com. And we look forward to seeing you next week on the next edition of Brilliant Branding. Thank you for listening to Brilliant Branding. Please join host Phil Davis and co-host Liz Heemstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant. Brilliant.